0: Hello everyone, my name is Sophia Fragha, and welcome to my podcast, You Had It In You All Along. This podcast is to simply remind you that who you are right now is more than enough. The aim of the podcast is to create a library of candid chats and we explore anything from the blessings, the lessons, the wisdom, the spirituality or whatever else comes to the table from all of your beautiful ladies around the world. Through sharing of stories you'll learn how to connect with yourself and hold the belief that anything is possible if you really want to achieve it. In this podcast we are speaking to Shiv Jyoti a yogic nun and now a sacred jewellery designer based in Melbourne. So we find Shivjyoti back in Australia in this episode, speaking about returning to life away from an ashram and back into the reality of a first world. Enjoy. So you found yourself in Melbourne and you opened up a beautiful yoga school meditation center and a gallery so for the listeners this is how our paths crossed it was really this year 2020 when I phoned Jim Joti, like I did with the other lady I just phone people when I decide I need to speak to someone out of A random idea and she actually picked up straight away and we would have gone on for hours but I had to run off to a class about an hour and a half into our conversation and we had the most delightful chat yeah and I, I basically rang up to inquire about the best mala to support my meditation practice at the time and I was in a really transformative phase and I knew it was a transformative phase because it had the attributes of the other two I'd gone through. So at that point, I knew it was happening and I knew that I needed to basically create an environment to allow that transformation to come through. And we chatted and that's where Shivjoti is today. Like, I mean, she creates numerous miles with purpose and power to draw the soul of her students back to their own purpose and source. Is probably the best way I'd describe it. And I think with now, with COVID 19, it's a global reset. And so you're now sending these malas out to the world each day. And these creations are supporting people to fulfill their dreams and utilize their own personal power for the good of all. And I'd love you to share the types of people that are obviously benefiting from your malas now that you've not just got the gallery in Melbourne, but you've also got this online community of customers who are supporting you as much as you're supporting them.
1: Yeah well it must have been during COVID that we caught up because there's been you know nicer to have more time and um, it's it's really I was able to go into the ashram and to immerse myself in that and cut off from the world and by doing so I could really work on myself and I noticed when I came back that most people were not able to do the same thing because they had life, they had family, they had things you cannot simply Mm. walk away from. But there's still a yearning inside of us all to, to have an awakening and to have a deeper meaning in our life. And I found that the malas were and the Rudraksh seed was the best way to create this cocoon of energy initially for my students, so that they would be protected from so many influences that come in and also connect them with themselves always when they would look at it, use it, and feel it and receive its energy so that they could constantly work with source, with that connection on themselves. So the Rudraksh seed was something I would always bring back for my students to protect them, they could use for meditation, and also is that holding that vibration of source so they stay connected and then naturally Mm. things start to happen in their life. They start to make conscious changes that are more in harmony for their spiritual life, you know, not not just wasting time here and there as, as we're all prone to doing. Um, and what I would find is that people couldn't, would come to me, my students and say, I can't, I love this. I just can't wear it all the time because I teach at a Christian school or, you know, I'm on stage all the time and this looks a little bit funny with my outfit or, you know, all these different things people would tell me and they'd be like, can I keep it in my bag? Am I able to put it in my bra or in my undies or in my socks? Or can I put a wrap around my wrist sometimes? And, you know, there was all this sort of feedback, like, I want to keep it with me. I feel it. I don't feel the same without it. Where do I put it if I can't wear it? <laughs> and so it just got me really thinking and I um, started to create them with, with crystals and I had met an extraordinary gemologist in Indian who studied in New York and I met him at the Kumba Mela several times in India and he spoke very good English and this, the quality was really very, very high and, mm-hmm. you know, very um, properly sourced. Um, mm-hmm. you know ethical of course I don't even couldn't even think of that word because it's just so natural for me to want to do things with honor to our earth um, so it would never occur to me to get anything from China or here there but once I'd met him and I saw how he was working with his family and sourcing these uh, really high quality crystals it's, I started thinking I'd really like to make them with malas mm-hmm. and with the budraksh seeds um, so people can wear them really as jewelry and so I started doing that just like that, and then I would notice that people who wore rose quartz would come back and tell me certain stories about um, with the rudraksh what would happen in their life. And I always combined one particular crystal with clear quartz, Himalayan quartz, mm-hmm. and the rudraksh. So there was always at least three elements in each mala. And there's certain other things that are in a really authentic traditional mala that many that are that are sold commercially. I, I wasn't aware at that time that so many people are making different malas. Um, it was a it was just an idea that I I thought. Um, thought of. I hadn't done any research into the market. But as people would come to me, and my students would share what was happening with them that particular crystal and wood reaction, and clear quartz combination, I started to think, wow, that's really a pattern. The same mm-hmm. things are happening in their life, the same things are happening in people that were amethyst with lapis and so on. And so I started getting a bit more creative and I was like, okay, I'll just make a Krishna Mala with the energy of Krishna and devotion and joy and you know, I'd put crystals together and um It just started like that and then people who would wear that mother I've noticed they're more joyful and confident in their life and so I just would really listen to my students at the time mainly and then it became more customers would come in and buy them from different yoga studios where I was selling them and you know just sort of sharing them it was just happening organically I remember when I first put the store online somebody helped me um, you know a girl that I was doing a lot of yoga with and I was training her a bit and she helped me very good with computers and technical get the website set up and I think the first order was for like 10 miles or more you know for for more than a thousand dollars and that's like five years ago and I was like wow the first order like who is this person that trusts me so much online to place his first order and buy this you know but it was such a a sense of being received I think that this what I'm putting out there is well received and that was the love I put in into it so it was a it just was nice Mm. and it's kept evolving being here in Melbourne I'm in a great area Uh, in Bayside I'm in Hampton and you know a lot of people in Melbourne uh, come in and they're they've allowed me you know the support of the of the customers and and what they're looking for has allowed me to really upgrade Mm. a lot of the materials and using gold and silver and really rare gems that are um, more costly but because people are getting them and using them I'm able to bring them in and really work with these energies and it's always a blessing it's just amazing to get you know triple a grade uh, mm. quartz crystal for example from the Himalayas and feel the energy shifting with it just see it and and see that's why I love teaching and I love being here with people and seeing them come back and keep you in contact because I see their lives change when they're working with crystal wearing them. It's not like just having a piece or a chunk, which is nice in your home or on your bedside, but wearing it against your skin. Mm-hmm. It's also not in jewelry where there's a silver backing or in a ring where you've got it you know, away from your skin. You're wearing these gemstones, high quality gemstones on your skin against your heart all the time or sleeping with them beside you. There's a certain vibration that starts to shift a certain way that you start to feel when you're mm. around particular crystals and it helps you to think in a different way it gives you protection it gives you support and it helps you realize that you can do you know that mali you're wearing with a citrine that you can be mm. abundant in what you really are called to do that the blessing is with you to do it and so you start to feel after a while confident to take those steps confident to do it because you feel that there's abundance with you, even if it's not materially present at the point you feel it. And so that energy allows you to move towards what you're really being called to do. And so for me, the malas are like an ashram in a way, if that makes Mm. sense. It's like you put it on and you've got the protection, you've got the connection, and you've got the focus, what you're going towards. Um, So it's a blessing. You know, I'm so fortunate when people you know, get one, especially the one like you have with the one Mookie, you know, there's mm. really rare Rudraksh beads. I just know what that means for the person and for for their connection to source and that, you know, for example, when you called and you 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 must have had that connection with that mala, I know that's really something divine. You're going to do amazing things because that's what mm. that energy does. And so I'm honoured, honoured to be part of that, honoured to pass on that gift of the earth and, um, it's phenomenal what comes from our earth, and how many gifts. You know how much we can experience an awakening when we accept. I mean, my guru said one time, never let money, time, or distance come between you and spirituality, or you and the truth. You know, mm-hmm. and it was in it was in so relation powerful. to me taking time off to go on sort of pilgrimage because I was busy, I, was like, I have to do this. I've got this responsibility, and he was like, Nope, drop it all. Come to to when you come to the Himalayas, and you know. And he just said, "Never let time, money, or distance come in the way of you and and uh, and spirituality." And you know, this, however, that resonates where I was meant to hear that. It's something I has helped me a lot. Those words in time to take that step and to do something that's that I know is good for good for my soul, and not think about the apparent cost, you know, because when we do something that's good for us and good for our spirit, mm-hmm. it, you cannot measure those benefits and where that's going to lead and who that's going to impact. You know, and the more of us that come in June mm-hmm. with our higher exactly values, the, the greater this world is going to be and that's what we need more than anything. I'm not sure if that answers your question. Right
0: now, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It answered uh, uh, more than enough. Yeah, it was beautiful. It's a. It's
1: an absolute. It's extraordinary when I get these new crystals because I'm in constant contact, you know, with my um, gemologist and and his family, and they, you know, source and have for generations these rudraksh seeds from the Himalayas. Mm-hmm. It's very much a family thing, you know, and I know them well, and, um, you know, there's just it's it's very very fortunate to to be part of that, and so I think he's always he loves gems and beautiful quality and I think that I love them so much I was like what's new what have you got what have you found you know and recently was one from Russia it's Seraphonite. Mm-hmm. and it came in and uh, I don't know if you got one of those seraphonite malas but they just disappeared within a couple of weeks and I think but who knows about seraphonite? I've never heard of it it's not even in any of the books but it, there's some energy and very often I'll get a new crystal or you know, he he knows I'm excited about new crystals so he'll always get them and let me know or i have to ask sometimes and, you know, we find these beautiful things and they come in and I'll just start playing with a new design or making some bracelets and people just walk through the door and walk up and, and as I'm working with them I start to feel the energy, what they're doing, what's happening with that. And sometimes mm. it takes a while to put into words but very often somebody will come in to the studio and they're looking for just that. They don't know what they're looking for but the energy is aligned and they put it on and it just... It looks right and it's quite amazing, you know, when you work with this, it, I, I think it's the Divine Mother, it's a Shakti and how much she wants to give us. You know, if we're mm. willing to receive it, actually we have all of the nourishment and an ability to really eat healthy and live well if we choose to. There's enough good people in the world that we can associate with, we can change sure, yeah. our circle of friends. Mm. There's enough things in our energy field that come in to support us and that help us, you know, and all this energy from the earth I think it really is a gift and when we're open to receive, it presents itself and it's just nice. You know, people like you show up and others who are at the right time and it's just just a conduit to pass it on and it it speaks, it just speaks its own language. It really does and it's just listening to that, listening to, to its language and what it wants to say, not what I want to interpret it as. Often I'll put together a mala for a specific purpose and I'll meditate mm. on that energy or feel that energy or what these people that are looking for this need. And I don't, it's not a conscious thing. I don't put it together by colour or anything. I just feel, I can feel if it's right. And, and you know, I try to keep the numbers correct. So I'll count out how many and, you know, according to geometry and certain things so that there's a mm. there's a balance of energy there in terms of, of quantities, because odd numbers are always good. Um, and that just sort of comes comes through but it's not so much of a rational process it's more of an intuitive feeling process and that's not often until a a while later that I can even put that into words so I don't always have the words and then do it it's like oh there's all these people that are searching now in the world for love of compassion you know they want to feel that that love Mm. and compassion of the divine mother they want to feel loved and really feel that presence of of their mother and so I'm thinking, well, what, and then I was speaking mm. to a to a, become a very good friend, started a big business in Singapore, was a student's client and several malas, and she was talking about her family tradition with Kuan Yin, and this Quan Yin kept coming to me, and cards kept showing yes. up, and I thought mm. perhaps it's time to make a mala for Quan Yin, and so I sat down, feeling this collective mm. energy of requiring compassion of the moment, it just came together, you know, it was like all of a sudden the crystals were there, and I I sent the photo to somebody who's going to source some more things for me just said wow that's beautiful and we made it and it just flowed you know and it'll when i've got it all together and you know several of them ready i'll write the story about its energy and what it means but it's amazing when there's a collective requirement the energy comes through and it just assembles itself whenever i've tried to go somebody will might call which i don't answer those sort of calls really anymore but used to be people go i would like citrine and this and that and that in a mala can you make it and I will try and I can't. Right now I'm trying to make a mala for Wingana retreat, and they want one with this stone and that mm-hmm. stone and this stone. And I want to make it for them for the last year. And I can't, because there's not, mm-hmm. it's not coming together in a way that's purposeful when I have to do this mm-hmm. and I have to do that. It just and when I've done that in the past, it never sells. It's not, there's not a calling for that. It has to come, it sort of comes from it's an energy that is going to draw people to something greater than themselves. It's not a human energy. And if I try to get it clear in my mind, it's just a human kind of an energy. And I think, you know, it's it's bringing in something much more about potential, our potential. And so mm-hmm. a human, I can't grasp that energy. I can just meditate on it and feel it and be guided what to put together And as the crystals come together with the Rudra, which is the seed of consciousness or source, as the different energies come together of the crystals, they create a new story. You know, it's not any one crystal anymore. It's like a whole lot of people coming together and and creating a team dynamic and what they can produce and change the world is phenomenal. One of them couldn't do that alone. And you need need these different energies to come together and to form something that that you create and create. You know, it's bringing them together and I just feel it. I, I get a headache if something's not right. I'll start to feel a lot of pain in my body if the combination isn't right. And, you know, a lot of times even when people come in and they want to choose a mala, they'll often be attracted to what is familiar to them, not the crystal necessarily but the energy. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's interesting to observe that because very often we go towards what we're, from, what we're comfortable with. You know, people mm-hmm. that are really, really good at business and structure and they're very successful might go toward the perfection mala that's about getting structure and discipline to achieve your mm-hmm. vision they might have already done that they love it mala looks good but for them it might be much more of a spiritual step that's next and so mm-hmm. i'll suggest a different mala we ask questions and and there's a certain process to to determine what's really going to be best for them but they often will put on and go oh i'm not sure about that you know because we always feel that little bit of discomfort exactly Um, when when we're stepping out of our out of our zone into something new but that's what the mala should be and what it's designed for as a catalyst of transformation that's the energy that's why there's 108 beads that's why there's the guru bead why there's a tassel or should be ideally a tassel or pendant at the bottom but they you know there's a, a sacred geometry about that and then using them for meditation and wearing them as i said against the skin it creates a it helps shift our consciousness. So that we really start to open our mind to other possibilities. And isn't that how we create anything? For opening exactly. our
0: mind to possibilities. What I loved about the two malas that I've purchased from you is I'll wear them against my skin to ground. Like I wrote in that thank you note that I sent you. And it grounds me into something bigger than myself. Mm. And it reminds me, Sophia, you're part of something a lot bigger than what you're humanly possible. Capable of imagining. Mm. And you've got to go into that power that's beyond the human mind. And that's that collective consciousness, that higher intelligence. Mm. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. It tells me I don't need to know everything right now. Just trust that it will be where it needs to be. And it will go where it needs to go for you to stay on path with what you need to do this lifetime. Yeah. And by not listening to it, you know the difference. I've learned that now. By not listening, I could never not listen now. Mm. Um, I can never go back. And so, yeah, I will make these what might look like bizarre choices, but to me they're choices that are just what I need to do to support the journey mm. and not to need to know where it's going exactly and know that in five years' time or ten years' time it makes complete sense. And so I just trust the whole lot now. So the malas I love, because on the busiest days, they're right up underneath my crop top and bra. Mm -hmm. So I plop it through like this. So when I'm running around and teaching and adjusting students or I'm with clients, um, it just sits and it's cold and then it warms up to my temperature of my skin. And if it's got the tassel, I can feel that as it moves around. It's just really nice. It reminds me. You know, there's a bigger power here than just the day mm. and we're not here to be measured by our humanness and our and time and our, what we achieve. We're here to do a bigger contribution to life.
1: Absolutely,
0: yeah. You know, and it's how we make people feel, but we need to know how we make ourselves feel first. We have to heal and mm. feel good within ourselves, feel at peace mm. to be able to give that authentically to other people
1: and be able to yeah. rely on source you know something that's bigger than us i think that's really a key as yeah. well and the yeah. you know the rudraksh seed like you have in yours in every mother is from the himalayas is from nepal mm. and it's sacred to the yogis in india you'll see many many saints and sadhus and swamis wearing all of them really wear the rudraksh seed it's very very sacred and there's different ones they all come from mm. the same tree but they have different faces and different vibrations they've been studied and And researched, and it's it's Mm. you know can talk about it for days and days, but they really you know it's this seed of of source energy, and always feeling close to to that when Mm. you wear it, and you have a lot of courage, and you rely on that more
0: than humans and more than yourself,
1: and and do great things
0: exactly. Now this brings me to that part of the podcast where we ask the guest the four sparkles of wisdom. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to your answers actually. The first one is what are you grateful for at the moment? Right now. Mm.
1: Grateful for the moment, grateful for this moment with you and your listeners and for all it is you know all that's come to be and mm-hmm. as you as you said earlier for everything that's led to to this point grateful for it all i think i'm most grateful in life you know in terms of learning in life to really go with the flow it sounds so cliche but really learning to listen to myself mm-hmm. and it's always it's always says something good, you know, go to the park or go to the beach or go for a walk, go to nature. You know, so often my inner self wants something that will just refresh the spirit or, you know, as you've said, also call somebody or I think learning, you know, grateful in life, learning to listen and go with the flow mm-hmm. um, because everything's come from that, you know, trusting mm-hmm. in that. All of the resistance and even what I spoke about before, that resistance is resisting the flow Mm -hmm. and releasing resistance and and following. Being
0: brave enough Mm. to just feel spacious enough to make a choice in that moment to choose expansion. You've Mm -hmm. been conditioned so much to choose what will make you feel safe or secure. It's just a story. Mm. You can still... Feel that safety and security in that expansive state of going out of what you're told will make you feel that everything's going to be in the right place at the right time for where it needs to be Mm. in life. So, listening to your heart, and it's also like with intuitive eating, listening to your body, even Mm. though you'll have books and books written on this is what you need to do for your macros and this and that, it comes back to that whole concept of in that space. Feel it out. Invite more spaciousness and then go with what it is asking you to go to without needing to know why because the knowing why is that conditioning of needing to feel safe and secure when really nothing ever is really safe or secure. Not even, you know, when in in this first world that we're in, like COVID-19 is beautiful. It's taught us, hello, it never really was safe and secure. That's it,
1: no control over anything. but the yeah, mm. the one thing we do have is that connection to source. exactly.
0: you know being cultivating that's really the key. exactly. And that is what we need to be wanting to stay aligned to once we know better. Mm. Once yeah. you know that's what's there. Some people are born knowing others become to know, and then some never know, and that's okay. There's no judgment there. It's mm-hmm. just where everybody's at. Mm, I'm interested with the next one, what the answer will be. What is the most life changing book you have ever read? Oh, that takes me through so
1: many. You know, there are spiritual books, but I think mm. the most life changing book would have to be way back. I was, and I remember, you know, it's funny mm. things that really there's an imprint I remember being in the bookshop and buying the book and Mm -hmm. it led to something and it was Memoirs of a Geisha and it was a true story um, Mm -hmm. about a Japanese woman and in it she wrote about reading the Tao Te Ching, the I Ching and the Book of Changes. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. the same thing but there were three books that she mentioned and I really, there was something about that that I knew I had to get the Tao Te Ching, the I Ching. And the Mm -hmm. Tao Te Ching um, was one that I got as a result of reading about in Memoirs with a Geisha. Mm -hmm. And the Tao Te Ching was I read so, I had hundreds of times and so many different translations and that changed my life phenomenally. That was a great spiritual um, book and still is a great teaching. Uh, Now with YouTube you can listen to, Mm -hmm. you know, narrations of it and stuff. It's so brilliant and easy to get these things. Um, but you know, I was thinking I think maybe it was Memoir of the Geisha because it led me to that book that really was the start of my spiritual awakening and wanting from the Tao Te Ching. I really wanted a master. I wanted knowledge, I wanted mm. to know the truth and what, what was the purpose of of my life and what should I do? I don't want to make mistakes all the time and, and end in sorrow. I want freedom from this and I wanted the master. So the Teo Teaching was was really life-changing I love that I think the Bhagavad Gita in later years was is also Mm -hmm. a book that um, taught me a great deal about um, righteousness and and that sometimes when all else fails that you have to go to war and there's no compromise then you know once you once you reach a certain point there's no going back good or bad Mm -hmm. you just have to carry it through and Mm -hmm. carry it through without sorrow and without all these emotions and and also realising through the Bhagavad Gita, it tells you sort of this impermanence of life, that he who mm. dies will be born and letting go of attachment and what you think you you know and who you think you know because their karma has led them to where they are as well. And, uh, you know, that's an extraordinary book to really read and reread and, and understand. Unfortunately, like all these books, there's so many translations and every translation has is tainted in a way by mm. a author. So you need to read a lot of different ones to really get to the essence. But, um, you know, those ones I would say absolutely
0: right up there coming to my mind. Beautiful. What is your essential self-care ritual? Meditation. Mm -hmm. That's so easy. Okay, beautiful. Okay. Is that pretty much first thing in the morning for you?
1: Yes, yeah. We, you know, we were taught uh, in... The, the best time to meditate, and it really is, I've practised a lot, is called Brahma Morita, and it goes for mm-hmm. two hours before sunrise to one hour after sunrise. So you mm-hmm. kind of move with the seasons and through the year, especially in Melbourne and Sydney also it's changing a lot, light and dark. Mm-hmm. Um, so you move with the sun and make sure, you know, I always make sure I, I wake up. Um, doesn't happen every single day, but most of the time before um, well, before sunrise and, and spend that time meditation or contemplation
0: and a little bit at the end of the day is also good that would be very cleansing in a sense as well because you come to a place where it's very still and you start to see that as we move through the day how we allow the layers of other people's energy or the collective energy to taint that clarity that you've got Connection to source.
1: Yeah, and I think when mm. you do connect with yourself, it's a, it's so essential every day. For me, I mean, it's easier. The reason we meditate at Brown Murta is because it's easier at that time to sink into that connection with self. Mm. Um, at other times, there's a little bit more disturbances, but that time is natural. Uh, so it's it's really easier to meditate. And once you've made that connection with with yourself, even for a minute or two or three or however long it is, it doesn't mm. matter. Once it's been attained. You tend to know through the day what isn't really good for you or what's, Mm. and you just learn with time to avoid it. So it's kind of like a a radar. It sets a sort of a, you know, an inner radar. When you connect with yourself, then all day you will have this knowing of what, what to avoid. and So you don't create more,
0: you don't load up with more karmas or more burdens. Exactly. Muji calls it the mind muscle. Yeah. You know, and it's like any other muscle that's in your physical body, you need to train that muscle. So I spent a lot of time reading all of his work, and a lot of time listening to a lot of his lectures. And what I loved about it most, it serves me every day is when I find I'm moving out of that still within, or I'm letting a situation or an energy lift it to a higher or a faster pace and I'm like this isn't my natural state Mm. I'm not letting this in so I'll respond to the situation by not going into any reactivity around it yeah and I'm able to sort of delay or reduce your response or just don't have a response and that's really difficult for some people too it's like oh they expected and I'm like you just leave it very simple but I feel the like it rises the energy and I don't like it anymore. Mm -hmm. So I know now it's not the best for my availability of love and light to myself and to others in that situation. So I bring it back to where it will serve everyone by being a win-win, where they can feed off that and go, wow, Mm. you know, she responded that way. And it's really interesting watching them you know, later on come back and go, I didn't think that was an option. Mm. You know, I thought you'd have, it's like, no, it's just, sometimes it's better to delay or reduce the reactivity or just not react at all. Mm. There is no right or wrong there, you know.
1: And it takes time to achieve that, that state which you have and, you know, if anybody's listening and wondering, oh gosh, you know, give up, it's easy to give up and it's like we watched the, we were sitting on the beach once with my um, teacher or master and he said, count how many waves are coming in, in a minute, I'll time you, you know, and there was a few people there and they started counting. I thought, oh, this is a trick question. I'm not going to count <laughs> the waves coming in, but others did. And he said, oh, what did you get to? You know, one person said, you know, 50, one person said 70. There was a few different answers there. And um, I thought, yes, you see, you can't count the waves, you know. I thought, I, but he went on to say, okay, times that by sixty. So how many waves is that in a minute? And somebody made up something, or they knew the answer, a mathematician. Mm-hmm. Times that by twenty-four. Times that by seven. Times that by fifty-two. Mm. You know, so how many waves is that in a year? And the answer was obviously no one could get to that, but it was something huge, extraordinary. We'd gotten close and to finding an answer. And um, and he said, you see. That's like the mantra, or like the breath, if you just keep contemplating it, and let your mind settle on that, how at the end of the year, how many times you will have focused on that. You know, and his point was, when you just practice little by little every day, then it adds up at the end. You know and don't think, "Oh, I'll miss it because I'm not achieving something." You know His point was it's not about achieving enlightenment or you know, peace and equanimity straight away. But it's the practice that counts. It's doing it every day that counts. You know, make that the goal and, and the important thing that you've dedicated that time. Because the results will come in time, in their own time and naturally. You know, we shouldn't look we do it because because we know and we feel that it's the right thing to do. It's very dangerous in in sort of if we call spirituality to have a you know want to achieve something it's natural but it's kind of elusive and it also means that we're hooked on experiences and part of our goal in spiritual life or spirituality is just is to is to be and to be content and so not hanker after experiences or hanker after a certain way of being you know just to do it, it seems a little bit counterintuitive but it's just to enjoy the daily practice rather than try to achieve something i think that helps especially when you're starting because it's challenging and it comes with many challenges and for many years you might not notice any difference in your state of mind and it's very easy to give up and I say that as a a teacher and you're a teacher too of course and so many people Mm. stop don't
0: they they stop they do I always say you have to train the mind to know something different so it has contrast and then the heart-mind connection will draw you closer to what is for your higher good, and there's no effort involved. just naturally will go there. Once you do it long enough, it just becomes you. You yeah. don't even have to try because mm. you're in our radar once love, at once source. We were designed that way. Mm. We came through deeply connected, mm. and then life happened. It <laughs> was like. Well, the separation happens. Yeah, we have plenty and of people to play. And then you connect back, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you shouldn't do. What piece of advice
1: do you give to your younger self? Mm, I think I have to say everything comes in time. You know, be patient and allow, allow, allow time to do its thing. You know, all that you, um, all you wish for, and all that you truly desire, and that you want, it will come and it will come in the right time. And when it doesn't come as quickly as you want, there's always something else that has to line up first or something else that has to be released so that it's better than what you even wanted. You know, I've seen that so many times in my own life. And, you know, I get something that I'd wish for for so long and it's better. And I realise, oh, thank goodness it came now and not earlier because I had to jump that hurdle first or had to let go of that and to really let it in. So everything in time, you know, I was certainly... I think most, most younger people are anxious. I've still got a long way to go, I'm sure, but I feel more more at peace with, with being knowing what I want and then allowing it to come in its time. And everything that is meant to be yours, everything will come. No one can take it away from you. And the more peace we find ourselves in, I think the more, and then we're more grateful for those things too. Because we know that they're really gifts of something much bigger than ourselves, and and that we feel joyful. We feel joyful for this experience, and reminded always that we're really, as you said, there's something bigger than us, and and that we're one with that. Mm-hmm.
0: So, being patient. Yeah, and it's just knowing that when it does arrive, it's there to confirm. How far you've come along the journey, but also to lead you into the pathway of that next stage of growth Mm. and the next aspect that you need to then evolve into. Mm. And time will you be doing it with a practice or a teacher or a guru? Sometimes it is that partner, sometimes Mm. it is a tribe mind. Mm -hmm. And you just what it is at the time with both hands and feel absolutely nurtured by the universe by source Mm. giving you this space to grow you know achieve deeper connection to self and to source
1: yeah you know and And if you do find yourself alone then you're really loved because you can be it's not easy to stand alone not easy to do what you do also
0: i feel you know everyone on that on this journey is standing alone Mm -hmm. because you're 100% 100% responsibility for the reality that you're creating and then anything else in it is an absolute bonus and it's a beautiful interchange of energies. Mm. But to understand is a beautiful interchange of energy is to fully appreciate that you are here alone, not in a bad way. It's a beautiful thing mm. because you're so bare and so open to source that you can receive you know, and then it's just more than enough every step of the way—the mm-hmm. good or the bad—it's all what it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, everybody, that wraps up the four sparkles of wisdom. Shiv Jyoti is offering an exclusive fifteen percent discount for NISO clients on all of her beautiful handmade malas. And the details are in the show notes and both of our Instagram um, accounts. So you'll be able to share with us before we go. Thank you for your beautiful
1: time and presentation and work. I know from speaking to you the first time that you're um, certainly guided and work will be greatly successful and I wish that you continue to grow and flourish and um, thank you all of the listeners and for welcoming me and I hope that we continue to work together and to support each other and everybody and and to create um, the world that we really want to live in and to contribute to it and to stay connected with source always bless you
0: bless you if you love today's episode please leave us an apple review so we know you want more of this content and to make it easier for other people to find the podcast also make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode share it with your friends on apple spotify google podcasts or wherever you get us from if you are committed exploring the power of your mind your heart your body and your soul do join us on the next episode of the you had it in you all along podcast remember always you are loved you are loved be loved